Hey, welcome to this episode of Tangible Takeaways. I'm Jackson, and today I'm gonna talk about how I cheer when my kid eats it. <laughs> and my name's Todd. I get concerned, because that's my grandkid. <laughs> um, I, my name's Todd, and I'm gonna talk about what it took to get here, is what we need to keep investing to stay here. Mm. Uh, my name's Evan, and I'm gonna talk about how thankful I am for the new covenant. And my name's Jody, and I'm gonna talk about why we should literally run toward and after our kids. All that and more on episode 74 of Tangible Takeaways. Hey, welcome to episode 74 of Tangible Takeaways. Everybody, thanks so much for being on. So glad to be here. I love it. As a good crew. Uh, it's always, every time I do that, it's like, a, everybody's like, should I say something? <laughs> We're all waiting for yeah. someone yeah. else to say, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yes, there it is. <laughs> there it is. We're, uh, we noticed today that we're in order of uh, the hair length on our head right now. So Evan's got a little bit. I've got a lot. You know, you're, you're right Medium. There in the middle. And Jody's got none. I'm just hopeless. But if, we were going, <laughs> but if we were going facial hair, we might have to go the opposite no, direction. No. Yeah, yours is longer. Yeah, 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 yeah. more. We'll, we'll be more. Yeah, nobody cares about this content. <laughs> They're like, why am I this watching? Is good stuff, that? guys. Glad you're here. This is bad. That's what you need for. <clears throat> yeah, tangible takeaways. Come here us talk about our hair. So, um, this is this has been great though. And Jody was teaching this weekend, so glad to have you on to kind of talk about that. And we're talking about um, we're breaking down in this mending fences series these four reasons why sheep stray. And we talked about fear had that brief intermission where Rick popped in and talked about kind of being winsome in our pursuit of other people. And now we're talking about influence this last weekend. So as we're, as we're looking at that, one of the great kind of illustrations that Jody had off the top was this imagery of a compass and a map and how if you're just ever so slightly off in the trajectory that you take, you will end up miles away from where you intended to be. And on that topic of influence, man, such a great picture for us of and you take that little thing that seems true and it seems to fit with everything else and you can end up so far away. And I would imagine there's people like sitting right there in our congregation this weekend who are saying like, man, I hope the stuff that I'm consuming, the stuff that's influencing me, I hope that it's not going to lead me miles away. So my question is like, how can we catch that stuff? Like, how do we become aware of like, that's actually, it seems true, but it's just ever so slightly off and I'm gonna end up in a bad spot. So we'll start with you, Jody, just because you're teaching this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think so much so much of that is, it's a small, subtle degree shift and, and sometimes it's just a matter of just staying the course, staying mm -hmm. on course, right? And so w when we don't have a, a regular habit of just the basic things that seem so obvious, like are we in the word? Are, are we really spending time in prayer? Like. Are we being aware of what God's doing in our life? Who is he placed in our life? Like, I don't know about you guys. Like when I talk to somebody who's really struggling with doubt specifically or their faith and I say, well, tell me a little bit about your time in the word. It's like, well, it's not, I know it's not where it should be. Well, okay, let's, let's back up and start. And so like even this weekend kind of referencing like, man, you have to keep checking the map. Mm. Like, where am I finding my spot and realizing where I am? And it's amazing. Like, if you are out hiking like that and you stop to check your place on the map, almost every time you're, 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 you're not where you thought you were, like yeah. you're close, but you're like, Oh man, we really have to, we've got to recalibrate here. So yeah. I think it just starts with being consistent in the day to day. It's not earth shattering, you know, revelation here on, on how to stay the course, but 
But it's harder to do that than we think mm. because the pace of life pulls at us. All the things that seem to influence us want us to take our focus off of the direction we're headed. Yeah. And they're easier too, right? Yeah. I think that's why we gravitate towards them is because they're easier, they're cheaper. And, um, you know, I'm thinking even as you're talking about that imagery in James, that scripture is really that, that mirror that we look into. Yeah. We see who we truly are. And man, I can resonate with that so deeply. Like scripture, it really grounds me to reality. I feel like it's near impossible to be humble apart from scripture because scripture is that thing that like pulls you back to say like, no, wait, this is who I really am. Like I know who I like to think of myself as, but scripture says, no, this is who you actually are. And it, I think what scripture does is it does exactly what you're saying the map does where it's like, oh, I'm actually not where I thought I was. And so when I take a little bit of time away from scripture, it's funny how I start to feel like I'm killing it. And then once I get back into God's word, there's that overwhelming sense of, I'm not quite where I thought I was. And there's some, there's some room to grow. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. I think I would always start with what you said, Jody, that how are we in our own approach to engage the revelation of God, to connect with him via prayer. I also just in my life, I've been so blessed not only to have great advisors and great mentors, mm -hmm. but also just, I, I, hopefully not to a fault, but I trust the wisdom of the community. And so just this weekend, Jackson and I were at a retreat and a guy asked me who I've built a relationship over years, just at this once a year retreat, but he was thinking about something that was a little bit, a few degrees off, maybe theologically, but he's got such reason, desperation to want help. He's like, what do you think about that? And I just go, bro, I'm so glad you asked me because I'm listening and we're both going, the uh, spidey sense is going on. Like, like this is, this is bad. Idea. This is not <laughs> good, bad idea. man. Not good. And, and I don't have that place of authority in his life. It's just friendship. But I just thought, man, here's some things. And what did I tell him to do? You're really deeply connected with this group, this group of men well beyond me. <clears throat> Test that with them. This is what I'm thinking about. This is what this was. What do you think? And, and don't do it on your own. So I just think that's helpful. Like you said, in hiking, not only the map, but you're probably looking at the map with other people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Godly people who are just like, who are again, not perfect. They're broken. But like, do, do we look like we're going in the right direction? Can you mm -hmm. help me see? And I just think that presents a lot of context. Because that's such a great image, right? Like you've got, you've got four people huddled around a map. And even though they're all slightly, they're, they're all almost in the same exact spot. They're actually, they have slightly different perspectives Ooh. just based on where they're standing even on the map. facing a different and direction. And you're trying to, I don't know how maps work. You're trying to find that. <laughs> you're, you're trying to find that guy. You're if trying I had to find, a map. Not working. Yeah, not working. you're trying to find that tree or whatever your marker is, right? And based on the way that you're looking at it as you're holding it, you can't see it. But the guy over here is like, oh, it's right there. And yeah. so it's like so interesting how even in that image of being kind of huddled around a map, like you have those different perspectives that help give that fuller picture yeah and some and some who have maybe hiked it before mm. which is so helpful yeah because they they still need the map but they're able to read it more clearly mm. because they're a little they this isn't the first time they've yeah, walked through this good. challenge yeah. or yeah. this terrain 
Well, and, and Jody, it sounds like Jackson doesn't have much experience with a map and a compass, but those two tools go hand in hand, Yeah. right? Yeah. Like if you don't know which way you're facing, you can be looking at a map and you don't know if you're headed forward or if you're headed backwards, yeah. right? And so it's really easy to get turned around even if you do have a map, but having a compass is going to help you know where that cardinal north is, mm. right? And then a guide is really important yeah. too. And I think that there are multiple things that we've already said in the conversation. God's word is really important. I think the collective wisdom of other people in our lives um, that are in the same, like in the same situation that we are is really helpful, but also having that person that's been there before. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so just the counsel of somebody that's older and wiser than you are, mm. um, I think is really, really valuable. And I yeah. think even to the note of that compass to me in that illustration, that seems so clearly to be the Holy spirit, right? Like that is, that is a huge piece to the equation as well. Because when we're in this conversation with this guy this weekend, why are the spidey senses going off? Because the spirit within us is like, this is weird. And so we're catching that. Mm -hmm. And he felt that dissonance too. He's he like, this feels I'm weird not sure. to me. Like yeah. I'm kind of, I don't know. And I think that's the role of the Holy Spirit to be that, that kind of gentle prompter of like, mm, that's not sitting right with me. And that probably means that I need to give it some more time or thought or work on it. And so I think you, it's kind of that concert, that symphony of all of these voices that are going to be speaking in the same direction. And it makes hiking foolproof. If you've got a guy who did it before, you've got a map, you've got a compass, you've got a group that you're with. I mean, you're going to be pretty hard pressed to get lost at that point. Yeah. And I think that's what I think for those people who are walking out of the room this weekend thinking like, man, I, I would hate it if that was me. Like, and I, I didn't catch it man, having that, that kind of concert around you, so huge. Well, and it's interesting because we, we live in a world of GPS, mm. right? And so if you've driven, I mean, we, we, my wife and I had to drive a few weeks ago uh, and you know, you're just following it. You think you're just trusting this is going to take us the right way. And it's amazing how often the GPS will say exit here. And then, oh, get back on. <laughs> and you're like, why did we just do that? Like, we would have, we we're looking around like, man, if we just stayed on the road, it made us get off and turn. I don't even and know. Waze is like, but we saved you 15 yeah, seconds. Like, look, we told everyone else to go that yeah. way. We needed to have and, and, and so I think sometimes we just, we're so, we've gotten into this rhythm of just trusting. And we're just kind of on autopilot mm. where, you know, um, Pastor Brian and I were talking last week. Like, there are more people lost in the wilderness right now than than ever before because people take a GPS out thinking they're fine and then the battery dies mm. and they don't know how to get anywhere and they don't even know where they are yeah. because they were just relying on this thing to direct and tell them where to go and I think in life we're so guilty of that at times too we just get in the motions and we're just going 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 and information is coming at us so rapidly right whether it's podcasts or sermon clips or social media stuff or news channels or I mean, we're just being fed all this information that we're just trying to push forward and keep leaning mm. into the wind, so to speak. It's just really easy to, to look around and go, I don't know where I am or how I got here. Yeah. And I think the reason we love a tool like a GPS is because it's self-sufficient. Yeah. Right. I don't have to rely on anybody else. It's kind of do it on your own. You know, that Lone well, Ranger especially Christianity. Men. I don't have to yeah. ask for directions. <laughs> yeah. That's the best ever. Yeah. yeah. Like we but love totally those, to that point. Right. We love yeah. those features because I can do it all myself. And man, if that's your goal in Christianity, like you're you're going to keep finding yourself off course because well, you're never made to do it yourself. And do you feel like 
do you feel like a lot of times we treat the church that way mm. that we treat the church as a GPS like I'm just gonna show up to church and it's gonna guide me and direct me but I'm not really gonna do anything beyond that and so then we're here and here and here but then all of a sudden life starts getting busy and then the church becomes less and less of a place where we're showing up and and now even the tool that we were using right has has yeah. gone and we didn't have the habits and the the discipline of the daily pursuit you know i i think we can just be lulled into 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 some sense of lostness because we're not really or at least distractedness yeah and influence and i do think on this topic of influence if somebody was a little scared coming away thinking man i hope i'm not a little bit off course then I think there was something really sobering looking at it through the lens of parenting because so the heart for parents for their kids especially these parents that we have here on a weekend service who so badly want to see their kids grow up to love Jesus and I mean we have a growth track about when that doesn't pan out as a part of this series because that's such a common reality today and so such a present fear in parenting of like will my kids get influenced away And, um, man, I think if anybody had that kind of like had anything ringing through their head, walking away, it was like kind of a fear that way of like, and how do I, how do I work against that? And so how, how would you encourage parents to in this day and age where there's so many, you know, sermon clips and man, you could, you could plant a church by having a YouTube channel today. I mean, the bar is so low to say that you're a biblical teacher today. We can take in so much influence from people that we would seem to think are credible because that's the same space that other credible people use and they're not credible at all. So how do we, how do we like discern that? How do we protect kids? Um, I'm thinking about that. Even I got a seven month old at home and I'm thinking, man, how do I, in this day and age, like raise that kid up well, stewarding the influence I have in his life, but then also protecting him from influences that would want to harm him. So for people who have done it at kind of different stages now, like what would you guys say? I mean, you've launched yours out. Yeah, a couple of them. Yeah. <clears throat> I think um, the thing I was thinking about with this question was one thing that was really important to us in parenting. My wife, Joanna, does such a great job not only wanting to be aware, who are you hanging out with? Mm-hmm. And, and not just even trusting that, but we got to be in those spaces that we can see. And Joanna's always been very keen and thoughtful and alert who are my kids hanging out with so we talk about influence this weekend that's exactly it because she's very well aware that we become who we hang out with but then i think this is the challenge about our current world today is that as parents in a pre-digital world we could be pretty aware who they're hanging out with on their phone on different things they might be on on a computer who you hopping on Fortnite with yeah there's like all kinds of influencers now that they may never even see face to face, but that doesn't mean they're not influencing them. And so that's a whole new world, I think, of just, again, the call to be engaged, be intentional, and and just, I think even, I think our kids, I mean, kids like us know how to lie when they want to, but there's also are we asking the question to at least create the opportunity for them to lie or just going, I don't know, I don't even know if I'd want to know. I might be scared. And uh, Mm. that's not good parenting. Mm. So who are the influencers (laughs) that 
that's been a huge deal for us. And I remember the topic coming up a lot too. What's your position in the relationship? Are you influencing them or are you being influenced by them? Yeah. Because growing up in an oikocentric family that was missional, there was a desire to see me hang out with kids that didn't know Christ. But the question was always, that's great as long as you have the position of influence in the relationship. Yeah. If they're in the position of influence, then there's greater concern, like you're probably not ready for that. So something yeah. that was a great like gauge to be mindful of. What would you guys say as you're like in the thick of it right now? And it's interesting. I love there wasn't, I don't think there was an intentionality behind the fact that you've got a seven month old. I've got elementary school kids an eight and 10 and a 12 year old. Jody's got an eighth grader and then high schoolers, one out of high school mm -hmm. and you're almost an empty nester, right? Kind of so very different perspectives yeah. or different seasons of life. Um, but I think for me, one of the things that my oldest is 12 and I was just talking to somebody the other day that had a 12 year old too. And I said, in six years, they could be out of your house. Mm. Right. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Like that, like as a 12 year old, there's still like this tendency to look at them as a little kid. And, but it's like, man, we, two, they're two thirds of the way through our house. Mm. Um, which mm. is, which is very sobering as a parent. Yeah. How do I go from being kind of, um, di like directive to being an influence in their lives? Right. Like that's my hope is when they're 18, 19, 20, you know, the age that your kids are, the age that your oldest is, how do you influence instead of direct? Mm. So we're even having those conversations now, my wife and I, how do we begin to give them a little bit more freedom? How do we allow them to maybe make mistakes while they're under the protective covering of their parents mm. who are looking out for them? And so I think that's part of it is, is letting your kids ex experiment a little bit with some of those things because I want my kid to be a well functioning adult yeah. when they leave my house. And I don't want to protect them so much that they're 18 and have no experience in no talking tools. with people that are different than them, no tools. Um, and so I don't know that we figured everything out. Um, but I do think that a couple of things that we're trying to like on the protective side, uh, social media, um, man, you can read about it everywhere, but the more your kids are in social media, just the more that's going to influence them. And so we're trying to protect our kids from that as much as possible. If they're on social media, really limited interaction and parents need to keep up like, yeah. What's the technology? What are your kids looking at? Not only like, what are they looking at on Instagram, but is it even Instagram anymore? Or is yeah. it, you know, the next thing what's after TikTok? I don't know yet, but we should know as parents, like we should be involved to that level. Mm. Also parents can model that. Like when it comes to social media specifically, like if you're on your phone three, four, five hours a day, like why would your kid not be? Yeah. Um, and so I think that's one of the things that like my wife, Heather and I are talking a lot about yeah. is, is just modeling for them what it looks like. And also too, we can model not just what we're doing on our phones, but who we're hanging out with mm. and, and how much we value God's word. Mm. And so just daily conversations in God's word and pointing them back to that. Yeah. Because we talk about like, we need to know mm -hmm. what's setting our course and how yeah. are we off course? I think it's God's word mm. and social media yeah. is probably at times <laughs> pulling us in a completely wrong direction. Yeah. I love that. I love that even approach of, man, I, I want you to fumble with some things in the house because I still have influence over you while you're here under my roof rather than like, wait until you're 18 and protect you from any failure. And then it's like, we'll see, you know, like yeah. that's a, I, I love that approach. Yeah. That's a hard one though. Right. As a yeah, parent, scary. Yeah. Like how do you know when the right time is to let go a little bit and when do you pull them back in? Mm. I think you could just real quick, so Jody needs to share on this too, but I, I think there's a really 
interesting concept that could be plumbed a lot more for different tangible takeaways, but that idea of failing well, Mm -hmm. because what's happened in our culture, I was sharing with the young adults the other day, even the phrase, I'm not perfect, I never thought I was. Yeah. So I don't say that phrase very often. I'm not perfect. I don't. I'm a mess. And I've, I've known that. I grew up in the 80s. So yeah. I saw all the extravagances and even things I was tempted to do. And so I'm like, I don't think I'm perfect. I don't even have to make that disclaimer. But when you hear that everywhere we go today, well, then translate that to parenting. I need a perfect kid. Well, perfect kids don't fail then. And then if I'm not learning to fail well, and when I say fail well, I mean what I've seen modeled so well for me and people like Pastor Jack, what'd you learn? Mm-hmm. So then what I'm saying is you don't get to learn any lessons in our home. You'll learn them all on your own, which you're saying obviously the opposite, Evan. You're learning all on your own, but then also if you don't have a category for there actually is something valuable in failure, man, you're messed up mm-hmm. when you do fall on your face. Like it's over. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a yeah. lot about failure we, we need to look at and afresh just yeah. as, a, as the big C church. And totally the era in my home right now, Hezzy's just becoming strong enough to grab the couch or the table and pull himself up and then smack his head on the table and fall <laughs> over. And it can be a real big deal or a real small deal depending on how Sky and I react. Yeah. And so really quickly, it's become this like applause every time he eats it. <laughs> like, yeah, you did it. And then what is the thing that follows after that every time you tried? Like yeah. that's, the, that's the spirit that like even as a seven month old, I wanna be bringing out of my son. Like you tried, it didn't go so well, but we're glad that you tried and like we're gonna keep working on it, you yeah. know? Yeah. I think, you know, even to, there's a shift that has to take place, especially when you start hitting the teen years where you go from protect to prepare mode, which is kind of what you're saying. Mm. And I think we so often as parents aren't doing that as well as we used to anymore. We're just trying to protect them from the world or we're just, I can't, I would give up because like I can't. And so what does it look like then to prepare them? And, Mm. you know, one of the things that I think we see so often is that like you know when your kids are really small you're really involved you know when when they hit a preschool you're there at every made-up holiday you're there you're bringing the snacks you're you know you got a room mom you got a whatever that you hit early elementary you're still there a little bit you're chaperoning trips you get through elementary it's the, the numbers begin to thin a bit in terms of parents present you hit junior high it seems like we really take a step back, less parents involved. Mm-hmm. By the time you get to high school, good luck finding a parent yeah. who's yeah. who's plugged in and involved. And I, th- I see that so often. And then I think about, man, okay, maybe the time our kids need us in their life the most when they're navigating like real decisions that are going to, the consequences of which will carry beyond our home, we're not present. Mm-hmm. And... And it is challenging. It is intimidating. It, it, it is hard. That doesn't mean it, it's not good and right and worth it. You know, and I think when my kids were small, they came with me on everything. Mm-hmm. If I was, they, and they were excited to be with me. It didn't matter what I was doing. You know, they, they were just coming along because they just wanted to be with mom and dad. 
But there's a point where my kids begin to learn and figure out their own interests. And it seems like most of the time it's not the same interest as the parent. Hmm. And so as a parent, I can step back and go, oh, man, I just don't understand why you care so much or why that's such a big deal, which is not helpful. Or you can lean in and, and join. And I, th- I do think there's a moment where the script flips a bit hmm. and we have to start looking at the things that our kids are, are, are finding interest in or that they're finding value in or that they're enjoying. And it might even be beyond that. It might be giftedness and talents that we wouldn't necessarily have saw value in. But how do we step into their world in a way that now we're tagging along with them and now we're jumping in with them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have a friend whose son started running cross country in high school. And my friend was not athletic and was not in the best health, liked to eat a lot, and certainly would never run unless something really big was chasing him. <laughs> <laughs> and, but he saw his son running and he was doing these 5Ks and, and, and he, he was recognizing, like you're saying, man, in a few years he's going to be out of my home. And I need to find ways to jump in. And so he said, hey, let's run a 5K together. And that meant that he would walk a little bit, run a little bit, walk a little bit, run a little bit. And then he was running a little bit. And then, you know, they did the 5K together. Well, when his son graduated high school, they did an Ironman together, hmm. right? And now both of them run. I mean, they're both runners. And, you know, the son is often married with kids. and, and But they still now have this commonality that has really forged such an incredible space for relationship, mm. even into the adult years, mm. all because a dad said, that's not my thing, but it's yours. And so I'm going to step in with you. Yeah. And I think sometimes parenting is, and even we talk about faith, like, you know how many conversations that you could have while you're running together? I mean, not me. I can't run, and I wouldn't be able to breathe and talk at the same time. Jordy's like, fortunately, none of my kids fortunately, are Fortunately, none that. of my kids like <laughs> yeah. Um But, you know, I think as we step into the... We, we have to begin to pursue our kids. Mm. Like, they chase us for a while, and then we have to pursue them. Mm. And it's just easy to, to not do that, to check out or, you know, get frustrated because we just don't understand the world they're living in or why these things are such a big deal or why do you care so much about the video games or why are you... Well, I don't know. Maybe just try. Yeah. Just try. Because it's conversation, right? Passing your faith on is not sermons. It's not speeches. It's it's life conversations. It's just navigating the complexity of the path that life is taking our kids on. Yeah. And man, what a great, like, that's, that's step one, is yeah. to be influential in their life. You can't expect to to steward the influences that are coming into their life if you have no seat of influence in their life in the first place. And the way that you do that is by being where they are and being involved in the things that they're involved in. Yeah, and saying, I'm proud of you. Mm. That is a powerful word from Mm. a parent to their kid. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 40s. I didn't even grow up with my dad in my house. But I'm telling you, if my dad says I'm proud of you, that's a big deal to me. Yeah. Still, that's a big deal to me. And I think so often we can be so frustrated and so concerned and so worried and so critical of our kids when they are failing, when they're making those mistakes, that we don't really notice when they get it right. Mm. And we're not affirming those things. We're not telling, like, I'm proud of the young man or the young woman you're becoming. Yeah. Like, I see this in your life. I see God doing this in your life. 
I'm watching you grow in this area. I'm looking at you, how you're treating other people or, I mean, just small things, yeah. right? That we can speak in and say, gosh, you're doing so well here. And I'm really, really proud of you. That is massive for a kid to hear. And that earns you trust and chips, especially in those later teen years when you're just trying to find ways to like yeah. have a real conversation. Yeah. Yeah, if it's possible to make your parents proud, now you like have a now there's a standard set. Yeah. So for some kids they're under the impression it's impossible to make their parents proud. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that actually that made my dad proud of me. So you begin putting that together and it's like, okay, well that's the bar now. Yeah. And so there's some understanding of like oh, okay, that's the thing I want to live up to because I like making my dad proud. Yeah. Like, I think that's naturally built into kids, yeah. but they become resentful when it's like, there's nothing I can do that yeah. will make you proud of me. And just give up. Yeah. Can't do it anyway. Why try? Yeah. 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 And I think one of the things that's, you know, you mentioned this story of Solomon's life this weekend. One of the things that's so sobering about his life is wisest guy to ever live and ends in a fiery car wreck. I mean, it is yeah. bad the way that it ends. And even reading through first and second Kings and first and second Chronicles, which yeah. just repeats a lot of that stuff. Um, it, it, what a theme that just pops off the page from those four books is just how clearly it, it comes across. It is so easy to start well, and it is so hard to finish well. Yeah. Like there are, there are a ton of Kings when you go across those books that start great. Mm -hmm. and very few of them finish well. So I think that brings that question for us. Like none of us here at this table today, unless we're going to die later today, none of us can finish well today, right? right? That's not an option. So then the question is like, okay, well, if I can't finish well today, like knowing that it's not easy to finish well, like what are practical things that we can be doing to put ourselves in position to finish well? I mean, I think some of the things we've already talked about, you know, I think you need to give somebody in your life permission to speak into your life when they see you off course. Mm. And you can't just expect people are going to do that and that you'll receive it. So you need to find somebody that you trust. Yeah, if you don't make space for it, yeah. nobody's going to speak into and then, it. And you need to be really clear about what that looks like with them. Like, hey, I'm giving you permission. And, and I'm not going to like it when you do. Mm -hmm. But I'm giving you permission and I'm asking you to just keep a watch on the course of my life. And if you see me starting to drift, I need you to point that out. Mm. Um, I don't think we do that as much as we used to in our culture. And I think that is, is really key. And then even like we said earlier, man, just being as consistent as we can be in those small things is a big, big deal. Mm. Yeah. One of, one of those small things to me is, and I'm going to go back to it. Every time we talk is God's word. Yeah. Right. Is is you could be a Christian for, for two years or 20 years or 50 years, and God's word is still alive and active. And it should be prompting you through God's Holy Spirit. Using God's word is going to be a tool that should be in your life every day. Yeah. I don't care how old you are. Um, and that's something that, you know, now in my late 30s, it's like, man, I feel like I've wasted some time. Mm. I could have been in the word more yeah. in, you know, in my teens and in my twenties and my mm. early thirties. And it's like, man, God, just keep giving me a thirst for your word. Um, and I think that's a way for us to finish well is just to stay connected to God through his word. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's a little bit of a different conversation for me at this point. I'm seeing that a little bit more than I ever have in my <laughs> life. <laughs> and I'm like, Hmm, that's, that's actually, I can see it out there now. And, um, 
You know, I think one of the things that's fascinating as we're talking, I'm thinking about King David, and though his his decisions, I think, were not... It's, it's fascinating at a sinful level, what we're made known of in 2 Samuel seems horrible and maybe almost borderline worse than Solomon mm-hmm. of this affair, this murder, you know, all this. He's a horrible dad. When you start watching the ways he does not engage, mm-hmm. when sons are going different directions and lets horrible tension kind of grow, um, it's just amazing rereading that recently and seeing that. But I remember you see this incredible success up until chapter 11, and then the rest of the book is struggle all the way through. And I think one thing, what does that whole start with? When the kings you would normally go out to battle, yeah, yeah. David stayed home. Yeah. And I just think that phrase, you got to do what it took to get you here. You got to keep doing that. And I don't mean success. I mean, in terms of back to devotional yeah. life, back to having that accountability. I don't get to arrive. And we say that all the time, but our actions can look very different. Mm-hmm. Where we just go, I'm tired. I'm comfortable. I'm at this certain stage where I wanted to be. And you just kind of pull back. It's very subtle. And it can be one thing at a time, do incremental, not just all at once. But I just go, man, I've got to keep telling myself, God, the things that you have shown me and developed in me, those things took time and they took um, engagement, like response to it. I can't stop doing that and expect to keep growing, right? Life's always on that walking thing at the airport. Mm -hmm. So if I ever kind of, you know, keep walking, growing close to Christ and stop, just gravity is going to keep pushing me backwards. So it is, and it's not at all meant to be something discouraging, like, you know, man, it's always this upward climb, but it is always an upward climb (laughs) until we get to heaven. So it's like, no, there's always engagement. There's always energy put towards my walk with the Lord. I trust the Holy Spirit's leading. And so it's not all about me and religion, but it is effort. It is engagement. Mm. And I just feel like when we, that's the beginning of the end of not finishing well, is when we start to relax and go, I've kind of gotten to a nice place, comfortable. And I go, man, but the Kings went out to battle and David, you should have gone too. Yeah. So I just got to keep my, that's what I keep Keep reminding myself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's such a great like indicator to look for because the moment you become the exception to the rule, that's the moment where things start to slip, right? And and we all have those things, right? Like you'll you'll come back from you know a, a weekend of being off speaking at a at, at an outside event or something, and you're like, well, Lord, I, I did a lot for you this weekend, and so you know if I don't wake up on time to read my Bible on Monday, like I'm tired, I'm pooped, who cares? And it's like that's the first step, and then it just there's this exception kind of mentality that we can take towards those things that man leads us so quickly to be influenced by all of these outside things. And so I think making sure that we continue to stay accountable to the things that we know that we ought to be doing um, and not generating exceptions. And I look at, you look at people who are older in their life and are clearly not where they wanted to be when they were younger. And I think one of the consistent things you see in them is they're the exception to every rule. Right? It's like, well, that's true for other people, but it's not true for me. And it's like, no wonder you're not where you hoped you'd be because there's no accountability in your life. There's no standard you're holding yourself to because you're always the exception. And one of the things that stands out to me in 
first and second Kings, first and second Chronicles, the only way it seems like people really finish well, you're not going to finish well because you're perfect all the way until the end. Like that's just, that's off the table. It's not going to happen. The only way you're going to finish well, it seems is to repent. Mm -hmm. Like repentance is such a key part of finishing well. If you think, you know, you can just kind of put your head down post failure and dig your way out of it. Like you're not going to find that restoration. And David has this continual pattern of repentance and like deep emotional repentance. Let's a guy throw dirt on him because he's like, I deserve it. Right. So he doesn't go around thinking like, oh, what I've done hasn't that bad. He's like, I'm the worst. And he takes that on and and he repents of it continually. And I think that's what allows him to, even though there's so many bumps to his story, that's what allows him to finish well and be remembered as a man after God's own heart. Yeah. I was just thinking about, I mean, thank God for, for Jesus and for his Holy Spirit. Because you look at the Old Testament, it's hard to find guys that finished well. Yeah. Right? It's hard to find men and women in the Old Testament that finished well. We get the the saving grace of Jesus, and then we get God indwelling in us with the Holy Spirit. And you look at the New Testament, full of examples of people that finished well. Mm. And so I think it's a good reminder for us that we have the Holy Spirit in us and he's going to continue to prompt us and guide us. Like we talked about at the beginning, right? That guide who yeah. is going to walk with us and show us where to go. <clears throat> it is so different now that God is with us, right? And, and the idea yeah. of influence, who's influencing you? It better be the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And if he is, you're going to finish well. If you allow God through his word and the Holy Spirit to be influencing you, you're going to finish well. Mm. And, and so I'm just so thankful to be under the new covenant yeah. and have that. Yeah. yeah, that's so great. Uh, uh, that great line in Galatians, God's not mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Mm. If you sow in the spirit, you'll reap life. Yeah. And if you sow in the flesh, you'll reap death and destruction. And it's like, yeah, man, what's going to influence my life? Is it going to be the spirit or is it going to be the flesh? It's great. Yeah. Man, thanks so much for having this conversation, you guys. Thanks for Fun. taking the time. Um, and as always, if it's been a helpful conversation, don't forget to maybe share it with a friend, like the video, and subscribe so that you can see future videos as well. But that's all we've got for this week of Tangible Takeaways. We'll catch you guys next week on Tangible Takeaways.